Shigori Vashnam Guru Parampara Ki Jai Shigopastami Ki Jai Kantaras Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Oh, Bhaktabandha Ki Jai Oh, Premanandi We're gathered on the occasion of the Gopastami the eighth day of the waning, waxing moon of the month of Kartik. Ji Kartik Mas Ki Jai Gopastami Ki Jai And Astami is the eighth day and Gopa means that Krishna becomes a Gopa or a cowherd boy on this day, the celebrated day in Vrindavan. So we'll read a little bit, discuss a little bit from Srimad Bhagavatam, 15th chapter of the 10th canto, verse first, describes this. Sri Sugovacha, Sugadev Goswami, continue to speak to the Raj Pariksha. Tatascha Pauganda Baya Shitobraje, Babhubhutos To Pashupala Samato. Kaschayananto Sakibi Samampade Vrindavanam Punyati Pachakutu. Then, this, of course, then, here as the verse begins, refers to the, what follows the previous chapter, which was a combination of chapters. Uh, that three chapters, two chapters, uh, three chapters, 12, 13, and 14, that deal with the uh, killing of Agasur. Brahma's reflecting on that. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful description of the calf herding pastimes of Krishna that precede his cow herding pastime. So this begins the, the graduation, this verse, from his Kumar age to his Pauganda age. Here is mentioned, Tatascha Pauganda, Baya Shito Prajay. And it is mentioned here that he attained this age in Vrindavan. So, Krishna was born in, in Gokul, on the other side of the Jamuna. Um, and at a certain point, the council of cowherds determined that there was a need to move on for, for greener grasses, their livelihood being based upon the, the cows and the cows' livelihood being based upon uh, green grasses. So, it was proposed that across the river, Jamuna is the forest of Vrindavan, which is um, adjacent to Govardhan Hill, and there the hill provides in abundance all that the cows could need and all that the coward boys and friends of Krishna could need for having a, 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 a transcendental playground, if you will. So Govardhan is very central to that. And uh, like uh, 
any mountain, it, uh, and more so, of course, mountains provide for many types of species. Hmm. Like that one, <laughs> buzzing around here. Peculiar buzz. Hmm. No, sorry. And they, in effect, um, are very almost mountains, almost otherworldly for us flatlanders. For the most part, people live in the flatter areas, in the valleys and lower foothills and so forth, and the mountain peaks uh, ascend higher and beyond the reach of uh, human exploration for the most part and certainly for with regard to habitation so they're uh, reaching up and touching the heavens and looking towards them naturally inspires one to think highly high thinking deep thinking about possibilities that uh, don't the flatland doesn't readily uh, lend itself to in the same way. Hmm? Uh, and high peaks, as I say, uninhabitable and almost unexplorable, but not entirely. And so the, the inspiration to try for it hmm, is there. These are something that uh, I've experienced that mountains do for me. <laughs> uh, and as I say, meanwhile, there are all types of creatures that do inhabit there that seem free and 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 uh, unencumbered by the, uh, the boundaries and the and the laws of 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 the flatlands, hmm. uh, where domestication and civilization takes place. And so, one may feel encouraged to pursue that kind of freedom, if you will. Freedom is very much a desirable quality, as we know. Um, and as I often say, that being the case, it's a hard sell for us because we're preaching slavery. Of course, in the context of that slavery, there is the greatest freedom. There is the freedom to associate intimately with the Godhead, with the highest peak, if you will, to live on the highest peak mm, happily, as if it were the flatland. Uh, and so uh, here Krishna is described having passed through Kumar age and living in Vrindavan Tataschapaugandha Bayasrito Braje in Vrindavan in Braj having attained the age of Poganda, this is how the chapter um, begins. <clears throat> each of the ages of Krishna are, of course, eternal, and each division of them as well. Bhaktivedanta describes, Hindu describes three divisions for each age, basically beginning, middle, and end. Adi, Madhya, Sesh, or Antya, Sesh, means end. So, 
at the same time, there are the divisions, and one is the end. None of the ages, neither any of the divisions, ever really end. End here means of the Kumar age. Of course, it means the beginning of the Pogonda age, but it also means the Kumar age reaching its full maturity, the infancy, or sometimes childhood, as opposed to the boyhood of Pogonda and the adolescence that uh, um, Kishore, the Kishore age, is about. And each of these ages, while being eternal, the example is given by Jiva Goswami, and Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami invokes the same example to describe the leelas of Krishna in general, but Jiva Goswami cites it with regard to the ages of Krishna, same principle, uh, the example of the sun, um, in that the sun, it's always 12 o'clock somewhere. It's always 12.01, 12.02, 12.03, somewhere. Even while it's that age only for a minute in any particular place. So as the sun, it helps to give us an, exa- give, give us an idea, as the sun moves um, and is always 12 o'clock somewhere. It's always every time somewhere. So Krishna's pastimes are always existing somewhere, eternally. Hmm? Certainly in the hearts of his devotees. And with regard to these ages, then, the Kumar age is particularly uh, attractive and suitable for and facilitates and brings out the po- the uh, Vatsalya sentiments. Parental love. And the Kumar, and excuse me, the Pogonda age is... Um, facilitates and brings out and is dear to the um, Sakirasa, the boyhood of Krishna. And his Kishore age, his adolescence, brings out, uh, facilitates the romantic feelings of the gopis. So each age, eternal, each age has three divisions. Each division is eternally manifest at some point. Each age reaches a stage of maturity the context of that age, and that's followed then by the beginning of the next age. And furthermore, each age and the beauty and the charm of that age, of the Kumar age, for example, when Krishna turns Pogonda, is not left behind. In ordinary life, when you become a boy, your body changes in certain ways in the childhood characteristics of your form, body, and disposition disappear, and they're gone forever. Hmm. They last a little longer in the memory of some, but the memories themselves don't last. So the difference here in Krishna, with regard to Krishna's ages, is that all the characteristics of the Kumar age, they somehow continue into the Poganda age. So the Poganda age is kind of like the is like the Poganda plus Kumar. Somehow the Kumar age um, continues like Bhava continues when we enter into Prem. Hmm. Uh, it's a distilling of that, and the Poganda age and the Kumar age together. 
they enter into the Kishore age. So there's another way in which they're present. Therefore, the Kishore age and the Shesh Kishore age, the perfection of the Kishore age, is the, called the, the, the age of Krishna's eternal leelas, Nitya Leela, Nitya Kishore. Um, so that means when I, when I refer to the eternal Leela, of course all of his Leelas are eternal, as I'm explaining, but particularly this refers to the term Nitya Leela, the Leela that is un, unmanifest, the Aprakat, the unmanifest Leela, as opposed to the Prakat, the manifest Leela, which is the Prakat that, that is more, um, more human-like, appearing as it does within human society. And the, the Aprakat Leela, the Nitya Leela, is sometimes referred to rather than as the Nara Leela, the human-like Leela, the Deva Leela, his godly Leela. So his godly Leela in Golok has a little more as a Aishwarya to it than the Nara Leela. This is also serves to illustrate the point I was making earlier in our discussions that the uh, Aishvarya or the majesty of the Godhead that is employed in the Bhagavatam has not a purpose unto itself but uh, it it serves to uh, bring out its primary purpose the primary purpose of the Bhagavatam is to um, focus on the love of Krishna in Vrindavan, the different types of love of Krishna in Vrindavan. As I said before, there's a there's a Vatsalya Rasa center of the Bhagavatam, there's a Sakya Rasa center of the Bhagavatam, and a, a, a Madhurya Rasa center of the Bhagavatam. Here, this is this is in the middle of the this verse tonight in the middle of the Sakirasa center of the Bhagavatam. Each of these centers, each of these ages correspond with an identity of Krishna. So as I've said another times, Krishna has three identities and they correspond with his ages. He is, his first identity is he the son of Nanda Nishoda. This corresponds with his Kumar Leela, Kumar age. Second identity, now he's just entering into the second identity here in this verse. As it says, Then in Vrindavan, where the, they've moved to, for greener grasses, where Govardhan Hill is present and nourishing and so forth, he attained his Pogonda age. So this age corresponds with this identity, second identity. First identity is the son of Nanda Nusoda. Second identity is he is he is the he's a coward boy. Hmm? So you can see that his identity as a coward boy requires the company of his coward boy friends and the cows in the full facility to interact with them, serve them, love them, and so forth, as he does. Um, but that is, is not present. In, in the in the Kumarli life facility is not there. When you're at home with your parents and so forth, they're cautious about any new friends, if any. Usually there are no real much friends at that time. 
friends or the parents. And then as as youth as, as boyhood comes then the friends take precedence over the parents. Hmm? And secrets are kept from the parents that are and, and there's a kind of confidence amongst the friends that cannot be shared with the parents. Hmm? So this is the second identity of Krishna, and you see there are certain um, um, uh, um, elements required. He re- he's required to be a cow, her- cow, cow interact with the cows, which is the dharma of the of the Brudge bussies. They're cowherd people, so and to, and to have friends and so forth. The dharma. This is his dharma. As I was also saying earlier today that. Um, at, at, at it. Normally, the Poganda, these are aesthetic terms in Indian aesthetics, Kumar, Poganda, uh, Kishore. Normally, the ages are divided by five years, so one to five is Kumar, five to ten is Poganda, ten to sixteen is the Kishore, then comes Yovana, youthfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, And in the, here we find in the Poganda age, Krishna's identity, so to speak, which would correspond with our material identity, is settled. In other words, you, when we when we start to grow up, then people ask us, "What are you going to be when you grow up? Uh, what do you want to be when you grow up?" This is something you ask boys or girls. Hmm? Um, what do you want to be when you grow up? You don't usually ask the Kumar. They're too young to even think about growing up or what, what, that, what they could be. Grown-ups are, are not something they think they can be. They think they're something else that provides for them and so forth. So in boyhood, that this kind of questions may come and adults may think it's suitable to ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? So it's a big quandary, obviously, in modern society that extends up until maybe 50. <laughs> the extension of <laughs> and reinventing of oneself is, 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 seems to be a popular idea. But all of this, in one sense, constitutes a kind of confusion, an unsettledness about material life. And as much as material, our material life is unsettled, then... It's difficult for us, perhaps, to pursue the spiritual life. I like in the material growth and uh, um, settlement, if you will, to a foundation that constitutes kind of a horizontal development required, in one sense, for the vertical development of a building to go up. You need a foundation. So there's a place within reason for material progress, material maturation and and getting one's feet on the ground. For many people it means having a relationship, having an identity in terms of a job, a livelihood, and so on and so forth. Hmm? Oftentimes when I speak with prospective students, I ask them about their material situation to understand how well settled that, that is. Hmm? Because if it's not too well settled, then it, it can very easily get in the way of their spiritual practice, their commitment to it, and so on and so forth, because it can be very disconcerting. If you're 
you really want to have a relationship, you haven't found it, uh, and so on and so forth. Or, um, um, uh, similarly, with, a, with, a, with an occupation, a livelihood that works, and, and so on. So there's some place, this is kind of the idea of the Varnasha, that, there would be, that the material situation will be settled early on, hmm? usually, and in a more agrarian-based culture, it's closer to the earth, it'll be determined much earlier in age than it is in our industrial society, which, while providing certain things that, that seem to facilitate human life and, and, and um, improve it, um, may not do so in, 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 in to the extent to which it's, it's thought to. And um, by providing almost unlimited or pursuing the provision of unlimited choices, for example, it's thought that freedom is at hand, which is really not, not the case. Freedom, too many choices, is not a, a recipe for for freedom or for peace or for happiness. It's a, it's a recipe for being unsettled and uh, changing. Prabhupada used to say, the, this is the way of the Americans, always changing things, changing, changing. Hmm? He didn't like that very much. <laughs> always have to change everything. Make it better. Uh, so, um, so uh, in the Vedic society and in other societies of times gone by, um, before this, um, really the well, the, the uh, state of affairs today in the industrial, technological, information um, society, the material destiny of a person would tend to be determined much earlier on in their lives. And that brought stability and so forth. And um, arguably um, put people in a position to think in more lofty ways. But um, to give you an example, Perhaps the publishing industry industry is a, is a bit of an example. It used to be that publishing books was a very, very respectable thing, and books had content, and, and they, they, they would be uh, would be hard to get published because there would be a standard of quality. And what was the contribution from a literary point of view, or from a philosophical point of view, or scientific point of view, whatever may be the case? Remember when we had started we had started publishing as a group. And um, our first uh, venture in, in the publishing world was a magazine entitled Clarion Call. And um, this was in the 80s. And um, when the term New Age surfaced and uh, whatnot. Well, so while we were publishing that magazine, we, we took advertisements and so forth. So we were bombarded on a daily basis with books from publishers. This was the, also corresponded with the self-publishing industry and, and um, personal computing, personal computers and so forth. And the rubbish that, you know, I mean, came 
to our... I had stacks and stacks. The people wanted reviewed. The publishers wanted reviewed, or people who published their own books wanted reviewed. It was uh, shocking to me, and the, the, the lack of content. What I thought of as a Brahminical enterprise, hmm, publishing, contributing meaningfully with, uh, from the thought world, had turned into simply a a uh, a, um, a what, how you call it a, uh, a, vice, a mercantile business enterprise. If somehow the published word could sell and make money, regardless of what the content was, hmm? and at the time that we were publishing Clarion Call magazine, I was informed, and I don't think it's changed, that to underscore my point, that the genre of magazines that had the largest circulation was one type of magazine whose circulation was greater than all other magazines combined. And that, of course, was the pornographic um, genre of, I don't want to call it literature, (laughs) of publishing. Um, So... Uh huh. Anyway, it's still probably yeah. popular. <laughs> it's just as big. Mm-hmm. So um, it was disappointing for me to to learn these these things. Um, but at any rate, my point was that that by settling the material identity, mm-hmm. um, one is this is a Vedic argument. Arguably, is in a better position now to pursue higher thinking um, and uh, so some place for vertical growth in the context of pursuing uh, excuse me, horizontal growth in the context of pursuing vertical growth because if we lose sight of the vertical growth and then we just seek to uh, develop the, the horizontal the foundation, the building never goes up and we we run into the problem today. It's a, it's a it's a it's a Rajaguna type of enterprise of trying to perfect oneself and the world materially. Hmm? It's it's a recipe for for failure, no doubt. I was just reading an article before you came up about the um, the wealthy and very wealthy classes' preoccupation with. Um, Immortality. Hmm. Immortality through science. As I said before, this is the myth of the modern day salvation through science. Hmm. A salvation that's questionable in my mind as to its desirability because it's a, it's a salvation that's, uh, if you will, or immortality that's thought to be, that it's thought to be possible to arrive at by uh, uh, scientific and technological uh, developments that can replace uh, um, parts of the body and the brain and um, regenerate cells and so okay, whatever may be the case and so forth. I had seen another article not long ago in which it was stated that some people believe in the scientific and medical community 
the first thousand-year-old person has already been born. So this is an example of trying to improve material life by increasing the duration, the the, the, the duration of the uh, of our uh, the average human age. Lifespan has increased, I think, in uh, you know in our times, um, and considerably, maybe ten, maybe twenty years, average more, perhaps, than the time of my my parents. I'm not sure, but it, it has increased. But then, you know, how much, how much can you increase? And, um, and what is the value of an increased life? What is the value of a long life? Trees can live a long time, too, and stand there. Hmm. Um, some of the greatest people, Shankar, lived to be maybe 32 years old. Shankaracharya, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, 48. Jesus was uh, not 34. Hmm. And they made a great contribution to the world. Well, people often in modern society, uh, materialistic as, as it tends to be, um, often um, dispense with religious dogma and so forth. It's difficult to dispense with some of the words of the Jesus or the Shankars or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. Um, a very absolute, absolutely real and desirable for human society. Love your neighbor like yourself. How many problems have you solved if you can do that? For example, it's hard to dismiss them as being anything other than ringing true in an absolute sense as to what life should, could, could, should and should be hmm, human life. To be fully human is almost, a, as I often say, to transcend the, the humanness and become such a good person, such a kind person, such a, a loving person. Hmm. So, and if you live a thousand years, what is a thousand years then? That's why the Bhagavatam and the Gita for example, they labor to stress the and give these long extended periods of life of Brahma and then Devas and so on and so forth. This is one of the reasons. As the Gita concludes, Abrahma Bhuvanaloka Punaravartuna Arjuna. Mamu Petitukonteya Punarjanmanabidite. The difference, he says, between my Brindavan, my Dham, Tadama Paramamama. It says it another way, twice in the Gita. My place, my dom, here it is mentioned, Vrindavan, Braj. Tatascha Bayashito in Braj, having attained Paganda. He says, in this Braj, my place, the Gita he says, going there, it's different than going to Brahmaloka, where the lifespan is a thousand to the thousandth power or something like that. The, the life span of Brahma is like with trillions of years or something like that. What, 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 
if you could extend the average human life to a thousand years, what is its point is in comparison to eternity? Of course, the idea is immortality by material adjustment and so forth, but even if we could arrive at an eternality, immortality, with regard to the material identity, I mean, is it even possible? Because as I said the other night, just the last night, I think, every part of the material body, the brain, every atom is 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 changed in the course of our living after so many years, down to the tiniest, you know, atomic particle that makes up the, the brain where it's thought sometimes by the materialist the self resides, or is one with. Hmm? So uh, it would be you may continue to replace parts <laughs> And what not, but and never know the identity hmm, that transcends those those changing parts, hmm. and um, and if you could live forever materially, hmm, still there are a lot, lot of other problems. <laughs> you solved age problem. There's still many other problems. Hmm. So Krishna's abode is different. He says there's actually a realm hmm, from which one never returns. And that is my abode. It's different than, than even even the highest realm of Brahma is the idea. So even if you could live for such a long life, what is it? Is nothing in terms of age, endure, uh, 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 enduring life in comparison to eternity, and happy eternally. It's not just sat, and sat means eternity in Sanskrit, but also means free from transformation. Hmm. So there's no way to become free from the material transform the, the, the transformation that material nature is constituted of, is about. It's constantly transforming. All the ingredients are... Con- there's only one thing that's constant in the material world, and that's us, the observer. Of course, it seems to disappear also, right? But that's another thing. Hmm. The point of this is, is that death in one sense, is occurring constantly. And there's the death of the child's body, and it's gone. Everything that it was made up of, every atom that it was made up of, is no longer... Um, you're, you have a new body. This is this very simple statement of the Gita. Dehi no sminjata dehi, komaram yuvanam jara, tata dehantara prapti, diras tatra namuyati. Here the words... Kumaram yovanam jara. It's a similar way of what we're talking about. Childhood, youth. Kumara yovana jara. Jara means old age. Different Sanskrit terms for speaking about similar concepts. So it says, Dehi no smin yata dehi kumaram yovanam jara. So as the body is changing from childhood to youth to old age, Death is a similar, just a, just a more of the same, hmm? and it constitutes different material atoms hmm? surrounding the same self, hmm? and the only difference is it's it's starting over. So it's again this whole cyclical concept of life, right? Go from childhood to youth to old age to childhood to youth to old age. To and round and round it goes, and round and round the world goes, hmm? like a Ferris wheel.
And the idea is it's possible to get off this out of this this samsara altogether. And I don't see how any material attempt at such to arrive at the concept of immortality as stated in the Shastras, like Sat is immortality. But Sat is is an appellation of Krishna's body, for example. There's no transformation. Even though we're talking of these ages, each of these ages is eternally existing. Each part of them is eternally existing. And they're all somehow together in the Nityakishore form of Krishna, which makes it absolutely perfect. So somehow in the Nityalila, the, the Vatsalya Bhaktas can can still see the the, the, the the Kumar in Kishore Krishna. And the Sakyarasa can still see the Poganda in the Kishore Krishna. Hmm? Here, in the Prakat Lila, it's further played out. Hmm? Hmm. And um, to come back to the point that I was making with regard to um, Krishna's arriving at the at the Poganda age and and the difference between the Nitya Lila and the or the, let's say the unmanifest Lila and the manifest Lila being what that the man, unmanifest Lila Nitya Lila has more godliness to it. Sanatana Goswami says there the Kadamba trees are a little bit bigger. That's one of his explanations of how the Deva Lila, Lila Differs, of course. The other way is, is one of the ways I'm explaining is that the, the Kishore is the he's a Nitya Kishore. You don't see his Kumara Lila, his Poganda Lila. Hmm? Those are um, well. I, I I shouldn't say that entirely. I mean, you don't. You, you, he's always a Kishore. The Lila's all the all the Rasas are there. Kumara Rasa. Uh, excuse me, the Matsalya Rasa, the Sakya Rasa, the Madhurya Rasa, and so forth. But they're all seeing and interacting with him in those in relation to his Kishore age. And Krishna's cow herding every day in, in the Nitya Leela. Hmm. Um, and as we see in this chapter, this chapter is an overview of his, his Poganda Leela and entering into the Kishore Leela. So, but at any rate, here in this world, the Pogandalila the, and the Kumar Lila in particular is more fully played out. Krishna takes birth. Hmm. All the childhood pastimes are, are manifest. And the boyhood pastimes of maturing as a young boy um, and so forth. Um, and the Kishore Lila and the falling in love and, and, and the Purvarag and and all such things, all of them, the the, the Madhurya Rasa, the Sakya Rasa, and the Fatsalya Rasa, all of them really are facilitated more in the Prakat Lila. That's why it's a very esoteric point, but I think you can understand it from the way I'm talking about it. That it's thought and taught by the Goswamis that the Niti Lila really is, is more of an outgrowth out of the manifest Leela. It has more. So those sadhakas who want, who 
um, appropriately want to enter into the aprakat lila, hmm? have one perspective. That's their goal. They enter into the prakat lila, manifest lila, and from there, the lila becomes unmanifested and they go with it, never to return. But those, in, it is said, in the aprakat lila, they are always eager to manifest in the prakat lila. Hmm? We actually find in Brigapagavatamrita to Gopu Kumar going back and forth between the two. Hmm. Hmm. They're one and a little bit different at the same time. It's very mystical. Hmm. The Leela of Krishna is eternally in Vrindavan on earth. Hmm. And when the earth is destroyed, somehow it remains, it's described, and, and so forth. Uh, and it's eternally there, even when it's not visible, but it's visible for those who can see it. So Gopakumar is an example. He was participating in the Braj Lila and it's it's being the manifest Lila being unmanifest in the manifest world <laughs> and that being different from the unmanifest Lila in, in Golok and so forth. But anyway, the major point I was making, the primary point is that there's there is more um said to be Aishwarya in the in the in the in the in the uh, in the Deva Lila, and this is the Nara Lila, the human-like Lila. But there is Aishvarya described in the in the in the Nara Lila. It's kind of an Aishvarya that we think, how could that be possible? Now, if we think of the Deva Lila, we think, oh, well, anything's possible there. Hmm. It's in the purely subjective, super-subjective world, so anything can happen there. But in the manifest world, hmm, and in relation, that means to the physical world and all of its limitations, the, the Leela is, is manifesting and the Bhagavatam is describing that Leela, arguably, in, 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 and in the context of doing so, is speaking about extraordinary um, majesty of Krishna, like the lifting of the Govardhan Hill. They moved to Vrindavan, hmm? Because of Govardhan Hill, and ultimately Govardhan Hill provided shelter for everyone. Hmm? Of course, with the help of Krishna, lifting it up hmm? from the torrential rains, the the the, the envy of of uh, of Indra, um, which is serves to say that this material perfection is is uh, uh, which Indra experiences is is imperfect in so many ways. Hmm? Um, so this, these descriptions of the Aishvarya as given in, 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 from Vyasa's pen in the Bhagavad, the purpose behind these descriptions is to showcase the Madhurya. The Bhagavatam is not about whether or not Krishna comes to earth and lifts Govardhan Hill. It's about the fact that he has friends who think that in any such undertaking he needs their help. That's what the Bhagavatam is about. And it's such an opportunity to become on, friend, on such friendly and intimate terms with the Absolute is possible. It's being laid before us through, by the Bhagavatam and the careful explanations of it from the Gaudiya Vedanta lineage. This is what the Bhagavatam is about. So it employs the Aishvarya Hmm. To some extent, as a as a um, um, 
instrument, if you will, to to make the point that Krishna, because you see, Krishna in his Nara-lila is really, really human-like. Just like some coward boy in Vrindavan you might find today out in the, in, in the bridge somewhere, barefooted. And, uh, some descriptions are given of jewels and beauty and powers and so on and so forth and um, to bring attention to someone who otherwise we might not might not take take notice of to the same extent as the or that you need in order to take notice of. Obviously he's charming, beautiful, fascinating, and he has powers and he can do anything. Hmm? But the main point of the Bhagavatam is that you can have a relationship with him as a friend, as a lover, as a parent. Intimacy. That's what it's showcasing. The Madhurya is what it's about. And to some extent, as I say, the Madhurya, the Aishvari is employed as a device to showcase the Madhurya. Hmm? In other words, to emphasize the Godhood of Krishna is necessary that the Madhurya might be appreciated as such. Because hmm. if he's not God, then... Well, these are ordinary activities, but he is. So let's show that he's God. He does this, he does that. Hmm? Krishna's God, and he can do anything. That's a fact. Hmm? But the Bhagavatam has a purpose, and this is how it works with Aishvarya and the Madhuri. And if you understand the purpose and what opportunity it's laying before you, hmm? this requires an interpretive type of explanation of the text, then you can enter into its uh, its sweetness. Hmm? So, Krishna has attained the Pogonda age in Vrindavan, and the Kishore Kumar is coming with it, and and uh, such is the description of his his different ages in general. Hmm? In the Pogonda age, then, um, in the Leela, it, it it's it is characterized by the kind of things that will come up in a young boy's life in relation to his parents, in relation to other elders, and community of, of friends that uh, he's starting to make and become acquainted with. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Making friends. Awkward. Awkward, but when it's successful, it's very comforting. Hmm. Um, so, with the parents, of course, Mother Yashoda was accustomed to bathing him every day, and suddenly he didn't want to be bathed by her anymore. Hmm. So, she thought that was rather odd, and and. Uh, and similar types of things, the growing of his hair, the broadening of his chest, the lengthening of his his arms, and so forth and so on. Some beautiful descriptions are given in the texts of the Goswamis. Mm. But uh, then with regard to suddenly, this is of course a very agrarian culture, and so everyone knows everybody, and everyone almost is practically an extended family member. So the uncles, the brothers of Nanda Maharaj. They're all very close with Krishna. They had a certain relationship with him. And now it's starting to develop. 
in new ways. He's speaking with them um, in ways that he now knows he can't speak to his father. And they're happy as anything to have his association, so they're encouraging him in what he wants to do, which is he wants to become a cowherd. First he wants to be herd the calves, that's that's the beginning of it all. It's the end, the Seish Kumar, the end of the Kumar Leela, described in the previous chapter. And now the Pogonda, the full-fledged, he's going to go out with the big cows and the big bulls, and so forth. And he's quite, quite young. And so this is something that the other brothers of Nanda Maharaj and their wives will encourage, because it's giving him reason to talk to them, because he can't bring this up to his father. His father just keeps seeing him as being too young for anything like that. And, and, uh, and so uh, Nanda Maharaj, of course, notices that Krishna's spending more time with his uncles, and whenever he comes up, everybody becomes quiet. So he's, you know, he says, "What's going on?" When Krishna's like, "What's going on? What's happening?" So they they kind of beat around the bush a little bit, and finally, the youngest of them will come out with it and say, "Yeah, your son wants to be uh, a cowherd." They do. He's very tactful in the presentation. Your son is starting to feel that it's a it, that he wants to relieve your burden hmm. Hmm. and be a good son, the best son he could be, and help you with your business of herding the cows. <laughs> they are presented like this. I'm not sure. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, it's, then he has to talk to Mother Yashoda, but now he's, he's got some reasoning with which to do so that somehow connects it with the Vatsalya. And, um, a difficult time for Vatsalya Rasa, and Sakyarasa is flourishing, flourishing at this time. It's getting a little energy at the Seish Kumar, now the Poganda, Adi Poganda, it's, and Madhya Poganda particularly. Madhya Poganda, in the middle of the Poganda age, Krishna is starting to also develop romantic sentiments. And with the Seish Poganda, then Krishna is preoccupied with the Priyanarma Sakas, and their confidential talks and so forth and so on. <laughs> so, at any rate, this cha- the, the, the change here from from Kumar to Poganda is the main um, subject. This is something about it. Um, and, and so Nanda Maharaj um, dutifully then, after convincing Mother Yashoda, uh, arranges for, uh, with in consultation with the astrologers, an auspicious day for the ceremony of initiating Krishna as a cowherd. The Brahmins will be present, the cows will be there, he'll bow before them, offer fresh grasses to the cows, praise to the Brahmins, respects to the elders. He'll be given a cowherding stick and a flute and rope and other such. Yeah, necessary uh, elements for for cow herding. Mother Yasoda will, t- as he heads off for the first first day into cow herding. Normally, you know, if, if you get be in front of the cows and you go cows, you know, you realize cows are not dogs. <laughs> they don't come like that. You have to get behind them and go. Come on, go, go. So, 
Krishna's standing behind the cows, but they won't go. They won't go. Until he gets in front of them, then they will go. That's the difference between him and us. They follow him, and he feels. If the cows are hungry, he is hungry. If the cows are fed, he is fed. If the cows are pleased, he is pleased. This is, this is his, how much he identifies with them. And, and he has become a Gopal. Hmm. It says here, Babu Batusto Pashupala Samato. Pashupala. Babu Batus means both he and his brother, the two of them, Krishna and Balaram, together. They've now become cowherd boys. And so, Babu Batusto Pashupala Samato. Samato, they've been initiated, they've been officially uh, ordained as cowherd boys, or Pashupala. Pashu means animal, and it refers to the cows here. Pala means protector, so Gopal, Pashupal, same, same, same idea. He has become Gopal now, the protector of the cows. And cows are so prominent in the descriptions of the Leela. Indeed, the, the planet of Krishna is called the cow planet, Goloka. Interestingly, of course, Go also means Veda. Go also means the earth. It may also reply to refer to the senses. So, the Goloka is very earth-like. It's the essence of the Vedas, and it's a full sensual life. Rishikena Rishikesha Sevanam, Bhakti Ruchate. Krishna's another name is Rishikesha, means Isha of the Rishik, means the senses, the master of the senses. Narada in his Bhakti Sutras defines Bhakti by this verse, Rishikena Rishikesha Sevanam, Bhakti Ruchate. Bhakti is that engagement in which we use our senses in the service of the master of the senses, Krishna. So, sense pleasure is fully operative there. People have a good argument, a reasonable argument, against the pursuit of transcendental life when that pursuit is presented such that the end is a non-sensual, still reality where there's no other, there's no movement. You can make a strong case the for the, the beauty of that in that you become free from these ups and downs of material life but someone could make the case I'd rather take the downs as long as I have some ups hmm? in other words I would rather love imperfectly than not love at all hmm? the exhilarating feeling of loving hmm? the infatuation stage I'd rather experience it Imperfectly, then. Imperfectly in that it's temporary, blah, and so on and so forth. Then not at all. When I gave the interview in Poland at a radio station, and I was speaking about rising above, harnessing the human passions, and he said, well, what's life without that? If you harness them, well, you know, what kind of life do you have? Hmm? Well, you sit forever. You know. But no, I, I said, you didn't follow me. I'm explaining the, the full circle. Bhakti comes to the full the full circle. So, again, senses are in play. Desire is there. 
There are ups and downs in the lila. There's the there's the union and there's the separation, like the high and the low tide of of the lila. It's very human-like. Of course, it's eternal. Krishna is the perfect object of love, and, and even the lows are highs, whereas even the highs here are lows. Hmm. Uh, that's the Vedanta of it, of course. You need not only the Vedanta, you need the bhakti. You need not just to weigh in on the situation with your head, hmm, which, as I said yesterday, if you just reason about it, hmm, if you just use your mind, mind is a manifestation of sattva guna. Hmm, so that will bring stillness. If you just think rationally, that will bring stillness. The impetus to move will be uh, dissipated. If you think purely objectively, hmm, without that, then you can take one side or the other side. As I said, there's socialism, there's the capitalism. Capitalism emphasizes individuality, Socialism emphasizes the harmony of the group. Individuality is lost ultimately in one, and the unity uh, is a question on the other side. Where you take theism and and atheism. Hmm? You take uh, in theism, in atheism, uh, in theism, the world is profane, hmm? and God is spiritual. In atheism. The world is, well, if anything sacred, it's the world. It's about the world. And and, and the God is profane. It's in the way of just whatever, indulging. You have theism and pantheism, another idea. In theism, there is the God separate from the world and... and and the, and the world is a place of problem. In pantheism, the world becomes God. Hmm. But then there's no person to the Godhead to be attained and, and relate to. So, At any rate, we have the, the abate abate, the panentheism, the, 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 the real democratic socialism, if you will. <laughs> this is uh, in, in, in Goloka. Individuality is is preserved, hmm, all in the context of the, of the group, of the unity of the group, all for Krishna, hmm? and Krishna is capable of being all for one. Hmm? That's why it said, each and every coward friend of Krishna thinks, and feels. Krishna loves me the most, and each one of them is right. Hmm? In this Leela, as it's been, as it will continue in this chapter to be described, a beautiful overview of Krishna's Poganda Leelas with his friends. And one of the descriptions is how, after playing sport with, with great enthusiasm and sport and so forth, there comes a time in the forest, pastime for resting, and Krishna rests his head on the lap of a coward boy. Hmm. And the implication is, he rests his head on the on the lap of every cowherd boy at the same time, hmm. and each one thinks Krishna's resting his head on my lap, except for the one who's fanning him at that time, hmm. and the other who's massaging his feet, hmm. and they all get the chance. 
put his head on their use their their thigh as his pillow. This is their intimacy. So here you you see the state is not the perfect center that that you can give all to the state, but the state cannot give all to one to everyone. But Krishna can give completely. He is the center. He can give completely to everyone. If everyone, everyone who gives their all to Krishna will get all and more than you could imagine all could be, each each one. So it's all for one and it's one for all. The one is for all and the all for the one. This is, so this is the combination of these these uh, differences. And in the panentheism of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, you have God is the world and God is more than the world at the, at the same time. The world is sacred hmm? and the God is sacred, also properly understood. Hmm? And because the world is sacred, that's why we act in a certain way in relation to it. The other perspective is the world is bad, Nice for we act in, the, in a certain way in relation to it. Sometimes we can paint that picture, but the higher perspective is the world is sacred and therefore we act in, in, in it in a certain way. Just like the building of the temple is sacred, so you act in it in a certain way. So when you see it in relation to Bhagwan, hmm, for example, that I am one of the part of one particle of his one shakti and the Maya shakti is another, and and so I am interacting with that. It belongs to him, and so and I deal with it in a certain way. That hmm. constitutes to a, 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 a um, really a, a enlightened life, a non-exploitive life, in relation to the material energy. So, in that sense, the world is sacred. The Maya Shakti is also sacred. Hmm. Um, nothing profane. That's only an angle of vision. Hmm. So. So the Leela of Krishna, Pashupala Samatur, now he's been appointed as as a cowherd boy. Cows, I was saying, is, are so prominent in the Leela. Again, it's called Goloka, and Go means cows. Go means senses. Go means the world. Go means the Veda. Hmm? The world comes out of the Veda, the sound of the Veda. The world can be understood by the sound of the Veda, and the misconception about it can be eradicated. Hmm? And it can become Vishvampurnam Sukhayate, an abode of happiness. Hmm? And go here means cows, Gopal, and and Pal means protector, so the cows, he's the protector of Leela's full of the cows, and the cows are thought to be givers. They take a little grass and then they give in proportion to the grass so much more. Hmm? I've said before that grass grows even on the concrete. You can find these between the cracks. So the idea is that grass, uh, it's harder to find in an industrial society, but, but and, now the, and, the, and similarly, is, is, and so is the protection of cows, as we know, unfortunately. It's horrific. Hmm? Um, this is not progress, but uh, we won't go there on such an auspicious occasion. But um, but the feeding of the cows, what it takes to feed them, is very, very little in comparison to what they give. And in the Vedic society, of course, they would give the milk. From the milk, they would develop 
so many products, and the ghee would be used for sacrifices and religious functions and so on and so forth, and and even the, even the manure of the cow is used, like you could find it today, houses made out of cow, pouty, cow patties, um, or cow patties are like the, uh, the stucco of the house, and they keep the flies away hmm, in the summer, and they, they have a um, insulation value, hmm, keeping heat in in the in the in the winter and keeping keeping yeah heat in the winter and keeping the heat out keeping it cool in the, in the summer hmm? has antiseptic qualities it's very extraordinary um, the excrement of only this one creature has such properties that they can be it can be used by human society venerated in the vedic uh, culture to grow right with we're using it here to grow food for ourselves. So, so much the cow is giving for so little. And the implication is that to be with Krishna, one must become a giver, not a taker. And if one should ask, well, if I just give, who will take care of me? Pushupala is the answer. Gopala. He protects the givers. So, like cows... Domestic, um, domesticated as they are, we should put ourselves in the hands of the of the Gopal, the Pashupal. Hmm? He will take good care of us, and we resign ourselves. Hmm? At a certain point, you see the cows; they feel they know everything's taken care of. <laughs> Their life is is simple. Yeah, it's all taken care of. If I get sick, they take care of me. I give them milk. Hmm? which comes just by eating, and it's a little uncomfortable after a while, so if they give me the relief, they bring it out. They seem to like that. Hmm? <laughs> they scratch my neck, bring me different uh, food, bathe me, and so forth. Uh, um, so taking care of, we, we, uh, we resign ourselves hmm, like an animal, hmm? like a cow, become like a cow in this, this sense. Be taken care of by Krishna, who's capable of being the one who's for all, for the all who are for the one. So, Babhubatasto, Pashupalasamato, Gash, Charayanto, Shakibi, Samampadaya. So, the cows have been mentioned, hmm? his age has been mentioned, the place has been mentioned in Braj. Hmm? And, and naturally, um, his function in relation to the cows, gosh charayanto, um, herding them, and sakibihi with his friends. So, friends come into the picture of the description, obviously, as required. This is pure sakirasa being explained here. So, gosh charayanto, sakibi samampadaya. And something further, but but with um, regard to the friends, of course, Krishna has different types of friends. There are four basic types of friends: sakas, um, um, surit sakas, priya sakas, and priya narma sakas. Sakas mean just friends, and they tend to be younger than Krishna, hmm? and they're. Friendship 
is tinged, we call it sankul, tinged with another rasa, of dasi rasa. It's, it's primarily the sakya rasa, but there's an element of, of, of dasya. Usually you see this outside of the braj. But this is one of the beauties of the sakya rasa, that all of the different rasas have an influence in sakya rasa. So you have sakas who are also influenced by dasya. You have the suhrit sakas, a little older than Krishna, and their sakya rasa is combined with vatsalya, like an older brother, so looking, taking care of the younger brother. Then you have the priya sakas, just pure sakya, and then you have the Priyanarma Sakas, whose Sakya Rasa is influenced by Madhurya Rasa. It's not mixed with Madhurya Rasa in the same way that Dasya and Sakya are. Hmm? And that's very practical, because you can understand, and all of these things can be understood in this way, by examining human psychology. You, so these aren't just words in a book. You, have to, you can experience them. Hmm? This is a human-like Leela. So you can understand that Sakiras could be mixed with dasya. That a friend could be a servant friend. There's no incompatibility there. You could understand that a friend could be, his friendship could be mixed with a sense of looking out for, protecting. Like I said, an older brother is a friend. Hmm? Uh, but there's an element of, of parental love that can be in that relationship and should be if, uh, if the older brother is... Is a good older brother. Hmm? There's no incompatibility there. But you cannot mix Madhurya Rasa with friends. Therefore, she says, let's just be friends. <laughs> no, no, we're only friends. Hmm? They, they correct you. We're only friends. And the Madhurya Rasa doesn't mix with French. friends. Madhurya Rasa doesn't mix with parental love. You can't be parental and mix with Madhurya. You can't be parental, yeah. So, and the same, you can't be parental and mixed with friendship in the way that you can be sakya mixed with parental. Hmm? Maybe a little, a, a little bit, but there is no, there are no examples in the braj. This sankul, this mixing of rasas, is only found in the sakya rasa. And in one sense, the sakya rasa is the entry level of of the. Um, Look, Dasirasa is there, but even the Dasirasa tends to be tinged with Sakirasa. That's different than Sakirasa being tinged with, with Dasirasa. Hmm? Um, so, but because the Dasirasa is tinged with Sakya, Brahma could say things like, Aho Bhagyam, Aho Bhagyam, Nanda Goga Prashokasham, Yan Mitram Paramanandam Puna Brahma Sanatana. Krishna, the Puna Brahma, the eternal, supreme, absolute, how fortunate you people are, people of Nanda Maharaj, that he's become your friend. He's the friend of everyone. The friendship stretches out through all of Vrindavan, touched by or mixed by all these rasas. It's a unique quality, characteristic, I should say, of that rasa. So you have friendship mixed with Sakya, friendship mixed with Vatsalya, pure, unadulterated friendship, and friendship influenced by Sakya. It cannot be mixed but it can be influenced. Hmm? 
and it's influenced in that they they see that Krishna, they are close friends. They see that Krishna has these these loving of affairs. They want to be empathetic, sympath- they're sympathetic towards it, mm-hmm. and so they want to assist him in that. So they they learn about that. They 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 find it attractive in the context of wanting to please Krishna, as friends can do. There can be friends, as we know, who who are so confident with us that we can share our romantic trials and tribulations with them and they'll hear us out and speak stand up for us and uh, and even give counseling to both sides as possible and so forth so they're acquainted with the sakurasa it becomes like an udipana stimulant for their with madurasa their queen for their sakurasa and causes that sakurasa to reach New heights hmm, that it, that it, that that enable it to exceed in excellence of rasa and intimacy with Bhagawan, even the Vatsali rasa. The other types of friendship are exceeded, if you will, by Vatsali rasa in. Um, in intensity, hmm? even though each of these is perfect. But the Sakyarasa of the Priyanarmasakas exceeds the intensity and intimacy of the uh, Vatsali rasa, and the Madhurya rasa exceeds uh, even even that, although it's very, very, very close. The Sakyarasa influenced by Madhurya rasa reaches up to this Ruta Mahabhav, so it's technical subject there, which will be money, but um, this is the overview, anyway, of the different kinds of friends. So it's spread throughout the whole of the brudge, in that sense, and that the brudge is these sentiments, these feelings, Sakya, Dasya, Vatsalya, and Madurja. So different kinds of friends, and Krishna is surrounded by them now. And Mother Yasoda, we say, Balaram, you stand in front, and Manamangal, you stand behind, and Sridham, uh, Subal on either side, protect him, and off he goes into the forest, cowherding, cows following. But before going and moving at all, the concerns of Vatsalyaras on the part of Mother Yasoda are very intense. He's going into the forest with the cows, and what will happen? What could happen to him? He's so young, and and. Oh my God! Don't even have shoes. Get shoes for him. Hmm? Get him some shoes. Here it's mentioned. Samam padair brindabanam punya ativa chakratu. His feet are mentioned. Mother Yasoda has a concern about his feet. He's not got shoes on. As boys will run him around without shoes. You're going into the forest. You have to have shoes. But Krishna refuses to wear them. Hmm? He says, "No, I'm not wearing them." And then the cows who are in Vatsali Rasa. Vatsali Rasa gets to, get, get to extend into the cowherding Leela in the form of the cows. Some slight extension of that. Seeing this concern of Mother Yasoda, they start marking the ground, softening the ground with their hooves, making it soft. This is our duty. 
they say this 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 Vatsali Rasa sentiments of Mother Yasoda are so strong that they they carry through to protect him in the forest, and he won't wear shoes. Hmm? He won't wear shoes because the cows don't wear shoes. Hmm? He thinks I'm going to be like them. And this is also the that now becomes the joy of the earth. And this is the point that's made here in the last line of this verse. So, it says that the the earth, the land of Vrindavan, really referring to the earth, the ground, has become ativa um, punya. These feet have made the the earth. Ativa uh, means like ati, extremely pious. Krishna's already walking around, right, in Vrindavan, but the point here is that he doesn't weigh enough in his Kumar Leela that his footprints will actually mark the earth. Hmm? And when the earth becomes marked with his footprints, then she feels he's really here. Hmm? He said he would come to protect the earth. Brahma called hmm, out on behalf of the gods. Vishnu said he would he would come. Hmm? He's come as Krishna, but who will know? But if his footprints are left behind, I can show, and my then my glory will be known. He's walked here, hmm? left the imprint. Hmm? So this is this Poganda Lila is, is a time of celebration for the earth, which is the ground out of which the forest uh, grows, and so her hairs in the form of the trees and flowers and so on and so forth are just bristling now in ecstasy. Krishna's coming into the forest to play his flute out of his joy, of his own joy, and out of a desire to give joy to all the inhabitants who are welcoming him like outreached hands above their head, bodies dancing, arms extended, uh, welcoming him, honey weeping from the trees and pollen, um, perfumes from the flowers and so forth, all exuding. The description will go on how all of the forest serves all of his different senses and so forth. In the earth, hmm? now the, the ground is, is so so. It feels so privileged that Krishna's in he, it. He, he, he's already here. He's already walking, but now it's prominent hmm? and it's provable. And I've got the imprint. I've been I've been I've been marked to the the tea lock, so to speak. The earth's tea lock, the footprints of Krishna. Hmm. So this is a description of the beginning of the of the um, Krishna's cowherding life. Kantaras Simad Bhagavatam ki jai, Shigopastami ki jai, Goradam Adavaki jai, Gornatananda ki jai, Dauji Gopal ki jai, Gor Bhaktavinda ki jai, Gor Premanandi.